0: Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Reading from Bhagavad Gita, Chapter 2. Contents of the Gita summarized. Text number 23 onwards. Nainam chindanti shastrani Nainam dahati pavakaha Nachainam cladientiapo Na yati marutaha Text twenty four Achedio, I shosha evacha Nityah sarvagata sthanur Achalo, sanatanaha 25. Avyaktyoyam acintyoyam Avikaryoyam uchyate Tasmadevam viditvainam Nanu shochitum arhasi 26. chainam nityajatam Nityam vamanyasemritam Tathapitam mahabahu Nainam shochitum arhasi Translations text 23. So, in these verses, Krishna continues to explain the characteristics of the soul, the eternal, permanent soul. The soul can never be cut to pieces by any weapon, nor burned by fire, nor moistened by water, nor withered by the wind. 24. This individual soul is unbreakable and insoluble and can be neither burned nor dried, is everlasting, present everywhere, unchangeable, immovable and eternally the same. So again, why is the soul so powerful? Because it is the part and parcel of an extremely, the most powerful personality that is God, that is the Supreme Lord, Sri Krishna. Since we are his parts and parcels, so potentially we are also extremely powerful, eternal, blissful. But because of being stuck in the material bodies, in the material world, we have forgotten our true nature. And therefore we have to go through so many miseries, trials and tribulations, identity crisis. Once we realize that we are the children of a very powerful wealthy, opulent father then automatically all our miseries will begin to end because we know where to turn to when uh, we are in trouble because ultimately everyone wants to be happy and uh, what stops us from becoming happy? problems and what is the root cause of problems? karma why does karma act upon us? because of trying to live a life independent of God because we have forgotten our true nature that we are eternally related to Him and when we want to live a life which is separate from Him that's when karma begins to act just like a citizen when he tries to act independent of the laws of the government then he comes under their control those laws laws will be forced upon him imposed upon him he might be punished also so same thing here So we have to always remember that we are potentially divine and not get caught up in the immediate situation we are in right now. This whole material life, human life is simply a flash. But in this flash, let's not forget our eternal life, our eternal constitutional position, our eternal relationship with God. And human life is the best opportunity to revive that relationship and put an end to this material situation to put an end to the cycle of birth and death which is the ultimate goal of human life because this facility is not available in any other species of life in other species of life we can simply live our karma we cannot rectify our karma so this is the golden opportunity let's take full advantage by trying to understand from scriptures, which are the guidebooks, how to live in this world. Everyone is living, but very few individuals know how to live and what to do, what is the purpose of life. So many people are confused. And everyone has made a different goal in their life. And if they get that, they are happy. But ultimately everything boils down to so that I can eat nicely, sleep nicely, enjoy and try and defend what I have. And Mahabharat says Ahar cha naranam The four activities of eating, sleeping, mating and defending are common between animals and humans. So how are we better if our goal also remains that? adhiko vishesho When we start inquiring about, about our true dharma, our true position and start acting accordingly. That's when we rise to the platform of human beings. So the soul is extremely powerful. We are extremely powerful but we have forgotten that ignorance. So now the scriptures, what are these scriptures doing? What is Bhagavad Gita doing? It is reminding us about our real strength, our power, our nature, our duty, our identity. We have forgotten now Gita is trying to bring our memory back that this is where we belong till now we have misidentified ourselves with something else which we are not 25 and 26 it is said that the soul is invisible invisible in the sense we have material eyes mundane eyes and the soul is spiritual so in that sense it is invisible to us inconceivable we can't conceive of the soul We cannot figure out where it is. We can't see it. If it is invisible, how can we ever perceive it? I mean, with other senses also, we can't perceive the presence of the soul so easily. It is immutable. Knowing this, you should not grieve for the body. So body is anyways temporary and we have to remember that regularly so that we realize and remember where to put our maximum energy the soul is permanent anything related to the soul is going to give you permanent benefits anything related to the body the benefits will be temporary flickering if however you think that the soul is always born and dies forever you still have no reason to lament O oh, mighty armed so Krishna is pointing uh, towards a philosophy some people believe that we are nothing but a bunch of chemicals like dr harry monson he once said that we are nothing but a bunch of chemicals worth rupees 110 that's how cheap we are according to him and uh, he has also given the composition this much phosphorus this much calcium this much sodium we have that's all we are But this Mr. Monson cannot answer a simple question Alright, you are saying we are nothing but a bunch of chemicals If we give you all those chemicals Can you create life? And I am sure his answer would be no How would you explain emotions, feelings Chemicals can't have feelings We have all studied science in our schools There were so many chemicals we were dealing with They didn't have any emotions We, We didn't create life out of it so totally illogical. Some people believe that we just come into existence at some point and then we die and there is nothing after that. But here Krishna in these 20 verses 3-4 times he has explained that there is life after death. Once the body becomes unfit for living the soul moves into another body. <clears throat> so therefore this philosophy is totally refuted by Krishna. And he's is telling Arjunata if you think ...that the soul is always born and dies forever... ...still you have no reason to lament... ...because he was refusing to fight... ...thinking that he would kill... Said, how does it matter? They are born at some point... ...then they will die... ...you will kill them... ...then there is nothing after that... ...so why should you bother about that? Why should you bother about any reaction... ...if you feel... ...that there will be no more birth after that? So, But that philosophy is not right... ...Mr. Harry Monson... ...he believes that we are nothing but a bunch of chemicals... ...but when... uh, 110 rupees suppose his friend is driving a mercedes and he has an accident he's down on the road he's bleeding and the car is also severely damaged now mr harry monson comes who would he take to the hospital first would he take his friend to the hospital or would he take his car to the garage obviously he would take his friend to the hospital first but why there his own logic gets defeated i mean he the, this person is just worth 110 and Mercedes is lax or maybe crores so subconsciously also if you try to uh, understand or logically if you try to understand this philosophy doesn't make sense now every person in the medical field so everyone has accepted the presence of the soul especially after the cases of reincarnation verified by Dr. Ian Stevenson you can google his name then Mr. Michael Sibom, he uh, researched the out-of-body or near-death experiences. So everywhere it is a proven and accepted phenomenon now, reincarnation and the eternality of the soul. And Krishna, just to emphasize again, he says, Jata sahi rityur dhruvam sochi Again he talks about life after death. One who has taken his birth is sure to die and after death one is sure to take birth again. Therefore in the unavoidable discharge of your duty you should not lament. Whoever is born, all these kings you are refusing to fight against, they are again going to be born. So nobody... You don't think you are going to kill them. You are just going to perform your duty as kshatriya. You focus on your own growth. Focus on your own duty. That is very important. If you avoid that, they will anyways not be saved. They will anyways have to die because anybody who has taken birth is sure to die. And you will get the reaction of avoiding your duty. So that is not right. It is unav- unavoidable. Unavoidable discharge of du- your duty. So you should not unnecessarily lament for this. Text 28 So he now is beginning to summarize whatever he has spoken till now. All created beings are unmanifest in their beginning manifest in their interim state and unmanifest again when annihilated so what need is there for lamentation so all the souls all the living entities they are always present it's just that they are not manifest in front of our eyes always they were there and then they just come in um, uh, come into our life and we interact with them and then after some time they are again unmanifest the body is annihilated The material identity is finished, so it's not that they have not been existing, or they will stop existing in future. They have always been there. So, body minus soul is dead, dead body. So it is only the difference of the. It is only the soul which makes a difference between, which is a difference between uh, a dead person or a person who is alive. It is just the soul which moves into another body. When the person dies, his gross body is left behind. And subconsciously also we realize this because when a person dies, for 13 days we keep performing so many rituals. Uh, every year we perform rituals, shradh, every month ideally it should be done. The shrad thing or Pindadan, ideally it has to be done on every tithi of the month on which this person has passed away. But people somehow do it only once a year during the Shraddha Paksa. But ideally it should be done every month on the same Tithi on which the person passed away. So we keep doing all these things. Why? Because we realize the person is still there somewhere. So actually speaking, when somebody leaves us, somebody passes away, who has passed away? We keep lamenting. But that person is always there. And uh, if you think, no, I was attached to this person, the body is still lying in front of us, so why should we lament the person? But the person is not dead, he can never die, so he's there somewhere, so why should we lament? Oh no, but, but I was attached to this person, but you have not even seen that person. We have only seen the body, and the body is still there, lying in front of us. And body is always dead, it is the presence of the soul. So we were interacting our entire life with someone whom we don't even see. And that person who is unseen by our eyes but we keep interacting with is always there and was always there and will continue to exist. So we have to analyze this knowledge which Krishna is giving in these 20 verses 11 through 30. It will really, really, really help us in difficult times when a loved one passes away. Transcendental knowledge can help us Uh, get rid of lamentation simply by hearing this knowledge that's why people still oh there is some death in the family let's recite the Bhagavad Gita it is not like a ritual it is there to give us strength and it also helps the soul that has passed away the soul gets spiritual credits if we so when person passes away 13 days instead of lamenting we should engage in these activities doing more chanting of the Lord's holy names more Kirtan more study or hearing of the Gita or Bhagavatam and offer the results of this to that soul that way the soul will also get benefit in its onward journey and we will also become very positive instead of lamenting, crying which is natural we should use our intelligence instead of the heart and do something that will really help the soul that is being a true well-wisher our crying, lamentation only impedes the journey of the soul so we should simply engage in activities, study of scriptures every day for 13 days at least chant, there should be kirtan this will change the overall environment in the house also it will change our consciousness it will also give us some positivity and it will also help the soul now Krishna is concluding his teachings on this particular subject this is also called sankhya yoga Sankhya yoga means analytical study of the body and the soul Text 29. Some look on the soul as amazing, some describe him as amazing, and some hear of him as amazing. While others, even after hearing about him, cannot understand him at all. Soul is inconceivable mysterious it is not actually but we are in a material realm so we can't understand it easily once we raise our standard to a spiritual platform then it will be easy to understand all these things now text 30 Dehi nityam avadhyoyam Dehe sarvasya bharata dasmat sarvani bhutani natvam shochitam arhasi O descendant of Bharata He who dwells in the body can never be slain. Therefore you need not grieve for any living being. Someone who is residing within the body cannot be killed, never dies, is eternal. Therefore we should never grieve for any living being. So this is how Krishna concludes his teachings on this particular, the most fundamental concept the ABCD of spiritual life understanding that we are not these bodies we are spiritual beings and therefore spiritual life is our natural life body ka care you take care of the body as much as is required but not excessively it's just for self-preservation and the rest of the energy you try and invest in your spiritual elevation because that is what we are that is our true identity that is our natural life and if you are situated in that whether we have everything or nothing, we will be blissful, we shall be happy. Just like a fish in water is extremely happy, take it out of water is extremely restless. So if you want that restlessness from our life to go away, then we have to be in touch with our natural environment, which is spiritual and which begins with hearing, hearing from scriptures like Bhagavad Gita, Srimad Bhagavatam. So this way, gradually our restlessness in life will go away. Thank you very much. The next uh, section is also very, very important text 31 onwards. After defining the identity just like somebody joins an organization, first he is told you're a CFO, you're a receptionist or you are the CEO or you are the HR head. First that and then their duties are defined. So similarly after defining the identity of the soul, our identity, as the the soul now Krishna is going to define our duties what are we supposed to do in this world our kartavya our um, prescribed duties and the benefits associated with them what are we doing and what are we supposed to actually do two types of dharma he talks about dharma means duty so what are those we shall be discussing in the next podcast thank you so much Hare Krishna